the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, and welcome to another great show of Iron Real Estate. I'm Dottie Herman. I love doing the show. I love when you're here. I love listening to your questions. And as you most likely know, everyone's talking about real estate. So there's some people saying it's going to go down. Some people saying it's going to do nothing. Some people say it's still a very good investment. So we're going to talk about that. Um, you know that you should tune into our show live on Saturdays at AM nine seventy the answer dot com or AM nine seventy the answer mobile app, iHeartRadio, or just follow me on Facebook or anything, LinkedIn, you just follow me. I am very lucky and happy to have my co host for this week's first hour, uh, from ten to eleven, and we'll be joined by my friend and Somebody I consider to be a guru in real estate, Alfred Renner, Senior Managing Director of Douglas Elliman. And besides for that, Abbott, uh, uh, Alfred and his whole entire family are also not only in real estate for their lives, they invest in it too. So you're going to learn a lot from him. And we're going to discuss buyer and seller standoffs, a little about co-ops, and what's really going on because I've been reading some such negative news and I'm like, really? Well, if it's so negative in New York, why are the rents four thousand over $4,000? And that's the highest rents in the country. So something's there's a disconnect somewhere. And at 11 o'clock, we'll be joined by Max Gross, who is the editor-in-chief of commercial, the Commercial Observer. Um, he was a reporter for The Post, and he's uh, has a side hustle, and he's wrote uh, a recent book. The Last Shatai, and he's going to give us a, a you know a synopsis of what's going on with commercial real estate. And 11:45, we'll be joined with Peter Conte Perino, and he is going to talk about insurance and property inspections and what you should look for. Okay, if you have any questions, you can feel free. We'd love to hear from you at 866-970-9622, um, or just email us. But, of course, we always love to hear from you. So good morning, Alfred. Good morning, Dottie. It's always an honor to be asked to help do your show. So thank you once again. It's always fun for me. And, um, you know, I, every time I do this with you, I feel like I'm reminiscing about a lot of fun times when we were working together at Douglas Elliman. Oh, yes. And well, we're friends forever. Forever, forever and ever and ever, okay? And so 
one of the things that I think sometimes when I think about remote working, um, I think it has its advantages, and we all got a little bit accustomed to it with the pandemic. So I think it'll never go back to you know every single day. But there's a camaraderie, and there's an energy, uh, and there's just something that you just don't get if you do it at home. And, you know, we had so many good times and so many fun things. And besides for learning and growing, um, we were friends. We were friends and we did, you know, as a company, we all, we all bonded. And that's culture. And I sometimes think people forget about it. Um, and I can tell you that Alfred has a great culture. He's one of the best guys I know in the business. And he is totally smart and knows everything. So... I thought we'd talk a little about today, Alfred. First of all, what do you, you know, you're there every single day. You're pounding the pavements. You, what are you seeing in New York City? So, you know, it's, it's interesting to read about and talk about people that are, are um, leaving Manhattan. But you have to remember, when, when people retired, you know, decades ago, it was very natural to um, go south, right? To go to Florida and to go to North yeah, Carolina. So people are still doing that. That hasn't changed. People um, want to move to a warmer climate, at least for the winter months. Fine. Um, so that's a big part of, of who might be selling. Um, but what we're also finding is that a lot of people that are moving are not selling their apartments if they're in a position to do so. They are holding on to their apartments. I have many friends who are retired um, or work remote and they've made um, either you know, the Hamptons or Florida their primary residence, but they're keeping their apartments because they love New York. They wanna continue supporting New York. And they go back to New York for um, healthcare, which you can't beat it in the country, the concentration of healthcare. Shopping, seeing friends, theater, dinner, um, cultural events. So it, no one's letting go, but they don't talk about that part of how many people that might be moving or changing uh, primary residence still hold on to their properties. Well, you know, and, Alfred, that's a very good point. But, of course, you know, the news has to always be negative. But what I see, because I happen to be in Florida right at the moment, and um, there was a million New Yorkers here, but all of us, there's none of us that say differently. I mean, as people get older, sometimes the weather, you know, sometimes for weather reasons, they feel like the cold, they want to just get out of it. But that's always been, it has nothing to do with the pandemic. But exactly. everyone that I speak to say, hey, you know what? It's wonderful here. It's easy. I mean, New York is a little bit of a harder life, but it's vanilla. And New York is just so exciting and anything goes I mean, I just was watching a video that somebody sent me of that guy who's impersonating Donald Trump running around the city. <laughs> okay. Now, really, if you did that in Palm Beach, I think they'd lock you up or they would not, not know what to do. And one of the wonderful things about New York City, and I always say this, I think the world could learn a lesson from New York City, and I'll tell you why. Because every walk of life, every religion, every language, every color, you name it, any, everyone, and it's a vertical city, so everyone kind of lives on top of each other. 
And somehow it all works and everyone's accepted. It's not that, oh, gee, you know, you're the, the, the nude cowboy walking around. So, like, you know, he's accepted. Okay, nothing, you, you can be anything you want to be and New York accepts you. And, you know, you learn a lot because some, you know, I grew up in the suburbs and, you know, the suburbs, you know, you know, people live in certain places. And in New York, you, you know, I grew so much by meeting people from all different countries, from all different places. And I just think it's, it's exciting and it's different and anything goes. So I don't think there's any other place like New York City. And, you know, it has gone through some rough times. And I said that, but we had the pandemic. And, of course, with the pandemic, they had to let the jails out and the mental institutions out. And so, you know, we had, you know, we don't have a homeless thing like they do in California. But, we, you know, we have some issues. However, there is no place that doesn't have them. But New Yorkers are tough. And New Yorkers who are real New Yorkers, they're not leaving New York because there's no place like it. And then... You know, I think I read something in the post that had all these negative things. And I said, well, that's, that, that, yeah, that's really all well and good. But New York has the highest rents in the United States of America. I think they're over $4,000. And so yeah. I, I guess uh, people, and people wouldn't pay that if they didn't want to live here. So who's moving to New York now? Do you see a young, uh, you know, a lot of younger people coming to New York now? Um, do you see right. foreigners starting to come back? What do you see? Uh, I'm glad you asked, you're asking that question because as much as people may be, you know, everyone's lives were touched by the pandemic and in varying degrees. And I don't think the world is settled from it. I think people are, have made plans and not everyone can, can exercise their plans in the first year or two. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of people still leaving Manhattan to go elsewhere in the country and in the world. But keep in mind that there are also people that live in this other parts of this country and world that being part of Manhattan is very exciting to them. So there are people moving to Manhattan um, and New York City because they want to be part of all of those things that you just mentioned. They don't want to wait anymore. There is a tremendous amount of young people just out of college that have moved to Manhattan because it's like a playground for them. Um, you know, it's, a, it's like a big college campus. They're all together with their friends, sharing apartments, sharing business, being entrepreneurs. We have people that are retiring to New York because of, you know, all of the, the easy access to all the things that both you and I have mentioned, whether it's healthcare, museums, culture, restaurants, shopping. That's all very, very exciting for people. Um, we have foreigners that continue to buy, and that continues to creep up, actually, the percentage of uh, foreign, foreigners that are buying. So there's a, a change. Um, we have the people that are constant, that are not moving and not going anywhere because they're just not going to do that. So there's a, a sometimes a false impression that, you know, oh, Manhattan must be on sale because you can read these articles and everyone's exiting. But that's not happening, Dottie. How are the prices there? Like, what are the prices? Are they like pre-pandemic again, like 2019? Or 
Uh, you know, what, what, where do you think, you know, I mean, look, I never generalize deals because, you know, no matter what the market is, if you're, you know, you can end up finding somebody who needs to sell or you can end up making a good deal. You just have to be on the market. And like I tell people on the show, if your broker calls you up and says, get here and see this, you need to be quick because things that are good go. But what's the general market? What's your feel for the general New York City market in sales? Well, well, there's been a little bit of a standoff in that buyers think that sellers are highly motivated or desperate to sell. So when they first come into the market, they think that they can get things at tremendous discounts. Sellers are not that way at all. They're hold, they have been holding on. And part of the reason why they're holding on is because there's not a lot of inventory in Manhattan. And right. so there's not a lot of competition to sell your property. And those people that have been holding on are now getting multiple offers this spring because buyers are like, okay, we can't wait anymore. We have to buy something. So now for those people that held out, those properties are, are being sold. And, you know, once a property is correctly priced on the market, the, the typical discount might be 3%, 2.5%. That's nothing. No, that's it. Other, other than that, when, the, when it's, if something is overpriced, it doesn't sell. And if someone under, underbids a property, the seller is not taking it. So um, it's a very interesting market. The month of March was an excellent market for us. It was probably one of the, in New York City, one of the highest months in the past, almost the past year in terms of contracts and selling properties. Um, so it was wonderful. And, it, and February was also a top month. And now April seems to be following that trend as well. We'll know once the month is completed. So the spring, late summer and early spring have been very, very strong. So we're, we're happy about that. Yeah, and they use these strong markets to begin with. By the way, um, we just want to say that our, our hearts go out to that parking garage that fatally collapsed. Um, and I'm, I'm hearing that they had violations. So um, we just want to give our, our sympathies yeah. and our, to, to anybody that got hurt or died because that was really a, a horrible thing to happen. But... I guess things happened, but it was terrible. And so we just wanted to tell everybody that our hearts are with you. And if you lost a loved one or they got injured, um, our prayers are with you. Now, I also know that um, Rockefeller Center, which sounds really exciting, um, could see conversion. And um, there's a large, large, there's a large chunk of a vacant office space in Manhattan's Rockefeller Center. And they're thinking of converting that into luxury hotel suites if the city approves the new plan. And Aspen Hospitality is planning on converting 10 floors above NBC's Today Show studio into luxury hotel, totaling 130 rooms, that would hopefully be done in 2026. And they plan to bring Colorado-based Little Nell Hotel to New York City. Now, those of you who are skiers know that everyone goes to Little Nell and Aspen. So that's kind of branding. 
And so if they bring a little Nell to New York City, I, which they're looking to do, um, I think that's going to be a home run. What do you think? Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because New York continues to become a destination. And there is a dire need for more hotel space. And it's an excite that Rockefeller Center is an absolutely exciting area. It is the center of tourism. Um, so I think that they're going to have a big, big hit on their hands um, if they have luxury hotel suites there. Uh, uh, that's going to be fantastic uh, yeah. for the surrounding area. And then I was reading, Alfred, that J.P. Morgan's former garage, okay, the owner transformed his garage house, his carriage house, into a modern 7,500-square-foot mansion with an elevator, and um, it hit the market this week, I think, for $25 million. So, you know, like when I read the news and it's sometimes so negative, I'm like, what are they, crazy? People are paying a fortune and there's no place like New York. And whenever I'm elsewhere, people always say that. You know, they'll say, this is great and it's easy and it's la-la land. But there's such a diversity, and I think you grow so much. Um, and somehow everyone just kind of gets along there. You know what I mean? Like nobody stands out. Like you could be anything there and nobody cares. <laughs> well, that's why a lot of people, especially people that come from uh, cities and countries where crime is, is very high and people are fearful of walking around, people come to Manhattan because they have the luxury of walking up and down the avenue, shopping, without having to have security guards with them. Um, you know, there's a, there's a sense of freedom for many, many people, very wealthy people when they come to Manhattan. And that's why they have pied a here, um, so that they can come true. and live a comfortable life. Um, but a lot of people come from South American countries that um, are challenged that way. Yeah, no, you know, uh, so. Alpha, when I first started the business and I would meet all these foreigners who bought Pieta Terres here, and I'd say, well, how come you're buying here? And they would say, well, in my country, if you say something wrong or if somebody doesn't like you, they'll take all your assets. And so we like to move money here and put it into real estate because we feel that New York City is the safest place and that our money is good here, which... Let's face Absolutely. it, <laughs> markets go up and down. And, Alfred, do you remember, I don't know if it was 2007 or 2008, it was one of those years that we had a recession, and I remember yeah. the headline saying, millennials will never buy real estate. They saw their parents lose money. Real estate is over. Nobody's going to buy it anymore. And I said, BS, bull, that's not true. Okay, and the only people that actually lost money is when they had to, if they bought it at the height and they had to sell it. But if you didn't have to sell, you far made your money back and then then some. I think we have a commercial break. Um, and, and when we get back, I want to talk about that. I heard that duplexes led the luxury deal. What's going on with the luxury deal market? Um, I heard duplexes are leading the troops. Um we're going to come back talk about New York City and then a little about co-ops and condos and what you need to do to prepare to buy one and the differences. We'll be right back. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Renner. 
We'll be back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate. I'm Dottie Herman. Are you fed up with hair loss or weak, brittle hair? Invite Health would like to introduce you to Hair Enhance HX. This powerful bioactive formula targets the root causes of hair loss, like stress, hormone imbalance, and nutritional deficiencies, packed with clinically studied nutrients shown to increase hair strength and growth. Formulated to target male and female pattern hair loss with amino acids to strengthen hair and promote new hair growth. This comprehensive formula addresses the multiple causes of weak, brittle, and lackluster hair. Take advantage of this limited time offer. Buy one bottle of Hair Enhance HX as suggested retail and get the second bottle free. Contact Invite at 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com and use promo code HAIR. Are you ready to get to the root cause and finally see and feel a difference? Call now, 800-673-2345 for Hair Enhance HX. We can tell you about the incredible success we bring to local businesses, but it's better when it comes directly from our satisfied clients. Here's just one example. After searching for a new vendor to handle my search marketing campaign, I contacted Salem Surround after seeing the great work they did for another restoration company in the different market. Their team of experts recommended a mix of multiple tactics designed to get my business the most quality leads at the lowest cost, making my marketing budget stretch further. In our first year partnering with Salem Surround, we recorded our best year to date. And I've told many people how blessed I was to find them. The representative answered the phone every time I called and quickly addressed any questions or concerns I had. Let Salem Surround give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and show you what your competition is doing. Then we come up with a personalized plan that's perfect for your needs. Google Salem Surround New York and let our marketing experts help you achieve real success. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today. AM 970 The Answer is bringing Dr. Lederman's expertise in alternative cancer treatments to prime time every Monday night at 7. Dr. Lederman is triple board certified in radiation oncology, medical oncology, and internal medicine and is the first physician to perform non-invasive body radiosurgery in the Western Hemisphere. On an outpatient basis, no hospitals, no cutting, no bleeding. Radiosurgery takes minutes, is painless, non-invasive, and usually very well tolerated. Join Dr. Lederman Monday night at 7 on AM 970 The Answer. Take it from Charlie Kirk. As I read this New York Times article, so I read the New York Times so you don't have to. Salem Media Group reaches more people than they realize. This is my favorite line of the whole thing. Their hosts are big names and they have huge reach, which makes them one of the most powerful forces in conservative media. Tap into our big names to help grow your business. To find out more about it, reach out to our general sales manager, Laura Schaefer, by calling 212-857-9639. Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching the new MyPillow 2.0 with a special buy one, get one free offer. The MyPillow 2.0 offers a brand new temperature regulating technology that keeps you comfortable throughout the night. The new fabric dissipates heat and humidity to create a cooling sensation to maintain a a cooler surface temperature. MyPillow knows core body temperature plays a big role in how well you sleep. The new fabric technology helps regulate your body temperature throughout the night by creating a lower surface temperature for a more restful 
comfortable night's sleep. Machine washable and dryable with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee and made in the USA. Just go to the radio listeners page at MyPillow.com, use the promo code AM970 or call 800-651-0798, 800-651-0798. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to buy one, get one free on the new MyPillow 2.0, 800-651-0798. Listen to AM970, The Answer on Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, or Odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we're talking about New York City and pricing and whether you can find a deal or not. I'm here with Alfred Renner, my co-host. And I was just reading a topic, Alfred, that said uh, duplexes led luxury deal-making in Manhattan last week. And it said that there were 26 total contracts signed in luxury homes asking $4 million or more in the New York City borough during the week ending Sunday, four more than the prior week. And collectively, they were worth $190.92 million. Uh, so, uh, like, things are moving. So how is the high-end market moving? Well, I'll tell you that yesterday we had a, a $35 million closing nice. for, a, for a property on Central Park South, a very, very New York property with glorious Central Park views. And that actually went into contract only about two months ago, and it went into contract for more than the asking price. There was actually a bidding war on it, Dobby. Wow. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so um, I think that sets a new record for the building. Um, and also, it's just a, a, a wonderful thing to see that at all price points, contracts are being signed. Just like you were talking about how in Manhattan, everybody lives in Manhattan. Everybody from students to artists, writers, billionaires, accountants. Um, it's a tremendous mix. I mean, you never know who your neighbor is. Uh, and that's a wonderful thing. In terms of duplexes, I, I don't know if duplexes are leading the trail on, in terms of luxury properties because there aren't that many. There are more simplexes or one-floor properties right, right. available than, than duplexes. Um, but I also just want to comment on the contracts you spoke about. The numbers are actually higher than that, but what they're, the, the person who does that report is not aware of are all of the sales that are taking place in new developments because they're not they're not seeing those contracts or they're not getting they're not all getting reported. So the numbers are actually higher than that. Yes, and sometimes by the time they get the information it's recorded, which takes a period of time. Then I have which uh, I think we pretty much knew the condos versus co-op sales at the gap widened. But I have an article that says that that's always been, but in the second quarter of 2022, uh, one of the biggest price differences between condos and co-ops in the past 30 years, and the co-op median sales price was 865 versus 1.9 million for condos. So I want to talk a little about people who are trying to buy in Manhattan now and um, some of the pluses and the negatives, be, you know, of, of, of going into a, a condo versus a co-op. Uh, 
because I do believe co-ops are cheaper, you know, but there's a lot that goes, you know, there's a lot that you have to know before you decide to, to really go into a co-op. So I thought we might talk a little about what the difference between a co-op and a condo is, and then some of the things that, you know, people should know about New York City and the co-op and condo market before they venture into it, the differences and the pluses and the minuses. Yeah, that's a very good question, um, the, the, the difference between the co-ops and condos. And I can tell you that when I first started in co-op and condominium sales, this is back in the 80s, um, co-ops were, were where people wanted to live, not condos. Um, but if a buyer didn't qualify for a co-op because there's, a, there's a, an application process and minimum requirements, then as a default, we would show them condos. Now, <clears throat> that's, that's changed um, because the most, some of the most beautiful buildings today are big, beautiful, tall, condominium, high-rise buildings, and they are outpacing the sales of co-ops in terms of the ratio. So 75% of properties are co-op and 25% are condo. That's, that's excluding the rental buildings. But in terms of the turnover, it's about 50% of the sales are co-op and 50% of the sales are condominium. There is a disparity between the purchase price for these properties, and that disparity continues to grow. So if you have, let's say you have two identical apartments, they're two bedrooms, um, and they're the same in every which way physically when you look at it, but one's a co-op and one's a condo. The the co-op may be $1.2 million, but the condo could be $2 million. It could be tremendously different. And here's why. Basically, a co-op was designed for as a primary uh, primary residence and for New Yorkers. So, which means it's for people who live and work in New York. So, you have a very limited market to whom you're selling your co-op to. Condominium, anybody in the world can buy a condo. So, you look at the size of your audience now, and you have more people that can purchase a condo than can purchase a co-op. And that is what's creating the disparity, is the flexibility of ownership. Well, um, tech- <clears throat> don't you think, yeah. because, you know, when I first came to Douglas Elliman, I, I was from Long Island. So, you know, they don't have that many co-ops and condos. And if they do, there's really not too much of differences. But if you're looking to purchase, a, you know, you want to move to New York City and you see that the price that you could get into a co-op for cheaper, but there's, you know, before you do that, usually the co-ops want a little bit more down payment. And don't I mean, for most, you know, the down payment required for a co-op usually is more, or if not more, they want you to have extra money available, correct? Yes. So <clears throat> there are minimum building requirements which can vary from building to building. But basically, a, a many co-ops want a minimum down payment of 25%, and then you can finance 75% of the purchase. And what they look for is your monthly gross income to be four times 
um, what your monthly housing debt is. So let's say, for example, the, the, your mortgage payment and your maintenance payment is $5,000 a month, just for argument's sake. Um, the co-op board will look to see that your monthly gross income is about $20,000. So that's like the, the four to one ratio. And that's just a rule of thumb. There are always exceptions, but that's the general rule of thumb. Um, now also after you close, what a co-op likes to see is that you as the purchaser have about two years worth of uh, uh, housing debt in the bank. And what that means is, so again, if you if your combination of mortgage and maintenance is $5,000 a month or $60,000 a year, they want to see that you have at least $120,000 in the bank after you close. And that just gives them assurances that, you know, you can continue paying your, your monthly housing debt. Again, there's always exceptions to that. Um, sometimes people have, have parents buying for children. Sometimes a parent can be a, can be a co-signer to, to the property. Um, people, the co-op boards will take into consideration, you know, your education, what your job is, what your job prospects are, what kind of growth you have. And a good broker can take you through all that process. Now, you may ask, well, why go through all of that if you can just simply buy a condo? Again, it's the, the value. Um, if you're not very flexible on your purchase price, then you will get tremendous value in that, in that co-op. What you can buy for a, a one-bedroom condo, you can get a two-bedroom co-op or sometimes even more space. So that's key. There are also more opportunities to find co-ops than there are to find condos. So they both have their pluses and they both right. have their challenges. But if you have, if you have care, I mean, if you have enough money, like an ex, some extra money, besides that you have to go through a board interview with, I mean, some of the con, the condos that have little interviews, I think I went through one, but it was like, like, you know, it was like one sentence. Uh, you have to go through an interview. Now, I was recently at a party, and I will not mention his oh, name, but he was the president of a substantial co-op uh, co in New York City. And he said, Dottie, do you think that we're a little bit too strict on our requirements? I said, well, I said, if you want to get a little bit more money, I would kind of loosen them a little do you see that happen after the break do you see that you know depending on the co-op not all co-ops are as difficult as others to get into and that's why you really need a broker who knows co-ops if you're looking for a co-op i know we have a break so we'll be a little cliffhanger but if you can get into a co-op you could probably get a really good deal in the city so that's why i wanted to talk about it a little bit but also some of the restrictions we'll be right back with those questions and answers and by the way feel free to call us at 866-970-9622 Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life. 
Every Sunday night, some of the world's most inspirational and influential people join me to discuss health and wellness, professional development, and personal well-being. They share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. Tune into Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, be sure to visit our website so you can listen on demand. And while you're there, read our digital magazine and take part in our book club. Visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher inviting you to join me for a remarkable travel opportunity that will change your life forever. Dennis Prager and I are headed back to the Holy Land, Israel, this October. It's the Stand With Israel Tour. Join us along with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. We'll take you to key sites in the Holy Land, thoughtfully designed to give you unprecedented access to a region you've likely only read about. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com and get all the details. We'll uncover important geopolitical locations and show you Israel's significance on the world stage, past, present, and future. Step foot on the ancient streets of Jerusalem. We'll sail the Sea of Galilee, pray at the Western Wall, and so much more. We'll have guides for our group, lavish food, and luxurious accommodations. No other trip will be like this one. Come with Dennis and me this October. Register today. Call 855-565-5519. 855-565-5519. Or go to StandWithIsraelTour.com. StandWithIsraelTour.com. It's that time of year again when we show appreciation to the ones who matter most. Why not make this Mother's Day a brunch to remember and your Father's Day barbecue the talk of the family? DR Catering can make your family gathering one of a kind. Want small and intimate? Let DR show you how to do it best. Had something more extravagant in mind? DR Catering can provide event decorations, entertainment options, and equipment rentals. From your menu to your decor, DR Catering takes your concept and makes it reality. Known for their fresh ingredients, DR Catering takes pride in not using processed or packaged foods. You'll get a homemade meal every single time. Call 201-673-7380 to inquire or email Dominic at drizzo at drcatering.com. That's 201-673-7380 or email drizzo at drcatering.com. Our hosts tell it like it is. No safe spaces here. AM 970, The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Want to listen to AM 970, The Answer, on the go? There's an app for that. Download our free smartphone app so you can listen to all your favorite shows, keep up with us on social media, enter contests, win prizes, and even interact with our hosts all in one place. Just search AM 970, The Answer, in the iPhone App Store or the Google Play Store for the Android. Again, search AM 970, The Answer, and download our smartphone app today. That way, you can take us wherever you go. Our hosts all look like GQ models. See them now at am970theanswer.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back. We're talking about New York City with my co-host, Alfred Renner. 
And we're talking about, because normally, I mean, there's not that many townhouses in New York City. I think it's 2 or 3%. So you're probably going to end up with a co-op or a condo. And so these are questions that you really should know or ask in advance, um, whether it's a condo or co-op. And as Alfred said, if it's a if it's a co-op, you're probably going to have to have a 20 25% down payment, whereas condos, you probably could get away in most of them for maybe 10% or, you know, sometimes depends. Um, you don't have to have the same liquidity after closing, as Alfred just mentioned, with a, a condo, whereas with a co-op, they want to sh see that you have money for the next year or two. Whether it's a co-op or a condo, if you have a pet, you should check that out first to see if your pet is allowed because some of them don't allow pets. So that's a question you definitely want to ask. Of course, as anything, even in a residential house, you want to know what appliances and fixtures are there. Now, Alfred, one of the questions that I think people who are not from New York City don't know to ask is what's the building reserve fund? And maybe you could explain that, like, you know, in layman's terms, because when you move into a building, you know, you're responsible for your interior, but the, the whole building itself, um, you're not responsible for, like, the exterior. So the building should have a reserve fund, correct? Oh, that's a great question, Dottie. So um, a building has to run like a nonprofit business. Okay. Um, aside from you paying your utilities for your own apartment and running your apartment, the building has to run as well. The elevators, the staff, the roof, the hot water systems, air conditioning, heat, uh, the bricks, uh, the, the facade. There's all of those things that run. So every building has a budget to run the building. Um, and those are called the financial statements, which are available for anyone who's looking to purchase into the property. Your attorney uh, will review those those financial statements, and they are looking specifically for a couple of things. They want to know whether or not the building is running at a loss, and um, uh, or paper loss, or real financial loss. So, like I said, this is a, like a nonprofit organization. So, no one you, the building is not making money. Um, you want to run at a paper loss. That means after depreciation and amortization. Uh, then it shows no money being made. The reserve fund is usually um, like a, a savings account for the building in case there is some sort of capital improvement needed, like the elevators have to be rebuilt or the roof has to be tarred um, or the water tower may have to be replaced. Now, a building does not need to have a very large reserve fund if the building is in tip-top shape, working order, and all the capital improvements have been maintained on a regular basis, regular and timely basis. So then it's not important to have a large reserve fund. Um, and that's another part that actually dictates value in a building is how the building is run. Again, you and I as, as lay people can't answer those questions um, if we didn't know our business, but a broker knows how to ask those questions. Um, another part of the process is your attorney will want to read the minutes. There are board meetings and minutes are taken and all of the important things about the building are discussed in the minutes. 
your attorney will read the minutes to find out what's going on, what's planned. Are they talking about any increases, assessments, changing in the maintenance? Do they have to um, redo the elevators? So if you start reading in the minutes uh, that, that large capital improvements need to take place, but yet you see it has a low reserve fund, well, then you know an assessment is coming. And having an assessment can change the value of the property. So there's so many nuances to this. And the, the buyer doesn't have to worry. You just make sure you have a good team. And that is a great real estate broker who knows all of this information and a great real estate attorney. That's key. Um, right. Use a real estate attorney who knows co-ops and condos, understands financial statements, understands the minutes from the meeting. You know, oftentimes as buyers, we want to use a cousin or a friend. <laughs> right, because, you, you know, there's a, a sense of obligation to do that or trust. But if, it's, but if real estate is not their area of expertise, please do not use that attorney Sorry, but you, you got to have someone that understands Absolutely. all of this. I, we can't yeah. emphasize that enough, and especially in Manhattan. Okay, it's not like other places. There's so much you really have to know. And if somebody doesn't really understand that and doesn't deal with that daily, um, they're not going to know. And you could buy something, and they have assessments and special assessments that are going to be due, and you're going to end up paying a lot more. And your value might be less. So you really, really, you know, absolutely need a real estate attorney that deals with real estate in New York City because it's very much, look, I live in the suburbs. It's so much easier. I mean, I used to live in the suburbs. I live in the city now. But it, it was, it's just so much easier to navigate through that. The city is complex, and you want to get a real estate attorney, as Alfred said, because you could really get hurt. If you don't. Uh, and you also want to look for a building that the majority of people are owners because, you know, you don't want a transient building. You, you like to look at a building. And a lot of times, you know, I tell people, if you're interested in a certain building, just go to the building, stand in the lobby, and ask the people in the building, what's it like living here? And I'll tell you one thing. New Yorkers are pretty blunt and honest. So they'll. So if it's not good, they're going to tell you that. Okay, they're not going to say, "Oh, it's great." They're going to say, "Listen." So I think you know to get a feel for a building, you know, go to the building, stand in the lobby, ask some people that are coming in and out. Okay, uh, that's a good way to do to, to to find out because truthfully, navigating real estate in the city, and it took me a while. To really, you know, and I was in the business a long time, but when I came to the city, it really took me a while. I don't think there's any other place in the, in the United States that's kind of as complex as the city. And you need to deal with a broker that knows co-ops. Very important, okay? Don't try to use your friend that, you know, that lives in Long Island to uh, navigate you through a you know, buying the co-op or condo. And, and, you know, sometimes people think they're saving money, but in the long run, they're going to lose money. Now, Alfred, there is a secret list, and I don't know what it is, but I just know there is a list of New York City co-ops and condo buildings that are off limits that you can't get mortgages on. Oh, uh, okay. So 
There are there are a number of buildings and in Manhattan, uh, like on Park Avenue and Fifth Avenue, that do not permit any type of financing. That you cannot secure the property or the shares of the co-op um, uh, with a with a mortgage, and that's that's not going to affect you and I because those are usually properties that are in the multi-millions and 50 million, 70 million, 15, 20 million dollar properties. Alfred, are you <clears> saying that we don't have any listeners that have multi-millions? Well, well, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure we do, Dottie, but it's usually the exception not the norm. That's um, true. <laughs> so, yes, but what happens is that the people that that would like to finance uh, a mortgage um, they actually wind up financing against their portfolio, um, not against the shares of the co-op. So you listen, these, these people are very sophisticated and they have great finance and accountants who, and bankers who know how to get, get it done. Um, it's just the co-op doesn't want, like I said, the shares of the, of the unit to be pledged as the security uh, against the mortgage. But I wanted to go back just a little bit to the, to the disparity. And, I, and I, early on, I mentioned that property that sold for $35 million. And that was on, that's on Central Park South. And as you know, there are multiple uh, multitude of, of condominium high-rises there, Absolutely. which are very similar in size and view. This unit happened to have been a co-op selling for $35 million. Wow. However, the same unit as a condo would have been $60 million. That's how much of a disparity there is. So the higher the price point, the greater the disparity between condo and co-op. So Alfred, and because all- I don't, you know, what would you suggest, because we don't have a lot of time left and you'll have to come back oh. and we can talk for the hours, but what would you, when you meet your broker, you should really talk about that before you start looking and see which you're better suited for. Would you agree, or you know? Yeah, you have you have to know you, you you have to know what works for you, and where your flexibility is. Are you flexible on location? Are you flexible on price, on size, on condition? Um, and, and how do you want to live in the property? That's the most important thing. Is this a home for yourself? Is it a home that you want to rent out? Um, do you want family members to be able to use this, or is it just for you and your and your partner, or you and your children? And and that makes a big difference um, in terms of whether it's a, a co-op is right for you or a condo. So it, you, that's the discussion you have to have. And unfortunately, I've seen some transactions get turned down because it was not the right type of of property for the buyer. Well, if you recall, way I don't know, maybe it was eight or nine years ago, Madonna, who had an apartment in the city, wanted to let her oldest child, one of her oldest children, use it uh, when she was not there because she's traveling. She was traveling all over, and she sued the co-op board to let her daughter be in that apartment, and they wouldn't allow it. She lost. No, she lost. Okay. She'd lost the case. Now, if she was in the apartment, they would have let the daughter be there. But some have rules that if you're not there, 
you can't let somebody else use it, you know, even if it's a family member. So there's so many nuances that, as Alfred said, you need to know a broker. Don't take a broker from another state or another, like, a, a suburb, of, you know. You need to get a good New York City broker, a good New York City attorney. You need yeah. a good and a good financing person. You need the team. And I tell you, if you have a winning team, you're you're going to be in a lot better shape. And don't Absolutely. try to like Right? So, Alfred, you'll have to come back again because I have so much to, to talk to you about that it's not even funny. Um, what advice would you give people now? And, and overall, the market seems good. Um, any advice I, that you give to her? So my advice in repeating myself is work with the right broker, but look, keep an eye toward um, co-op investment if you can, because, uh, because, and that's something we can discuss further at another show. Yes, I'd love you to do that. Those rules are starting to loosen up and the looser those rules are, the greater the value will become. You know, you're right. I was at a party and I said, I wouldn't tell you his name, but he runs a very high-end co-op. And he said, Daddy, you think that we should like, kind of lax the rules could I quote you as saying and I said yes and I said if you want to get value if you want to get more money for your apartments you can't make it as hard as it is um, you have to kind of loosen I'm not saying you should give up all the rules but you have to make it a little bit easier so and different co-ops have and different co-ops have different rules some are easier to get into than others and that's why working with a broker who knows and the other thing you need is a broker who knows how to fill out the application. Because if you don't dot the I right, you could lose the apartment. I, I hate to say that. But you really have to know how to fill it. And I couldn't fill out the application. I can tell you that right now. I would have to let you do it, Alfred, for me because I couldn't do it. I mean, you really well, again, have to fill up those applications right. Yes, but that, again, your broker helps, helps you through the process. Yes, but what I'm just saying is, you know, when when we talk about New York City, it's just so different than every other place in the country, and it's a lot more complex. Uh, you know, in Florida, I don't even think they use attorneys if they don't have to. Uh, and of course, you in New York City, I would tell you, you're out of your mind if you don't use a real estate attorney and a good attorney. But overall, the market healthy. Uh, yeah. Overall, yes. As I said, February, March, and now going into April has been trending higher in the turnover and the sales uh, contracts of property. So, yes. Alfred, I can't wait to see you. We'll have dinner in the next couple of weeks. I thank you so much. You're a wealth of knowledge, and you'll have to come back soon because we've got a lot more to talk about. We'll be back. Absolutely. And the second half of the show, we'll be joined by Max Gross, who is the editor-in-chief of Commercial Observer. And he has a lot to talk about with the commercial market. We'll be back right after the news.
The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. From the three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.